You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. You know, this morning the Lord was speaking to me just as I was praying about the fact that he's kept us. Sometimes we, we can overlook that simple detail, but he's the one that's kept us and going into next year. And when we get to this time next year, we'll be able to say that God kept us. He's the one that kept our feet from falling. Uh, he's the one that took up our rear guard, and he's the one that gave us vision and hope and things for the future. Hallelujah. Man, I love Jesus. The older I get, the more I realize what little of a deal I am, how much of a big deal he really is. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I've got a really, um, really powerful word stirring in my heart for you guys today. And I, I want to pray over you, um, not just because sometimes people pray before they minister, but uh, this needs to sink uh, deep. By the way, yes, I have a new coat. It looks great. Yeah, whatever. Okay, anyways. Every time a pastor gets a new article of clothing, people are like, whoa. Especially when you're dressing a little nicer than you used to. Amen? So get that out of the way. We can get down to business. All right. So uh, I want to ask you, if you can, if, you, if you, your legs have um, expired for the moment, you can stay seated. But if you can stand, I want you to stand for a moment. And I want to pray over you because... Over the next few minutes, I believe that the Lord is going to bring freedom to you in a way that you've never, you've never experienced before. And so, Father, I just pray, and just stretch your hands toward the Lord right now and just receive this. Father, I pray over the saints, and God, I thank you that these are your people called by your name. And Father, you are the true shepherd. You are the chief shepherd. And I thank you that when you speak, they hear. And that, God, when they hear, they obey your voice. And, Father, because they obey your voice, they step into all of the greatness that you have for them. I thank you that these people are a great people because they know their God. And your word says that the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And so, Father, I thank you that it's true. And you need to say this about yourself. Take one hand and leave it in the air and take the other hand and put it on your heart and say, in Jesus' name... It's true of me. I will be strong. I am strong. And I'll do great exploits in the earth. Because I know my God. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that this word is penetrating deep into our hearts. And we are quickened by faith in you to walk out this year, the, the remaining days we have this year, full of faith, full of victory, and we step into 2023 ready to take on anything that's going to come our way. It doesn't matter what it is, because God's on our side. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So we've been talking this month about the Holy Spirit and, uh, and just different aspects of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit the person of the Holy Spirit, and so, uh, and seeking the Lord about how to stay with that, but also this is the official Christmas message, so we, so we don't have Christmas next, next week, or church next week. We will have Christmas. Christmas is still on. I'm not canceling Christmas. 
And the Lord really put something really strong on my heart. And a lot of this, this is going to come from, from the wisdom of God. It's going to come from the Word, but it's also coming from pain that I've walked through. And, and I think everybody will be able to relate to this pain, and that is dealing with hopeless, hopelessness. Has anybody ever felt hopeless before? And if you don't even know, well, I'm going to explain what it means to be hopeless and what, what hope is, and, uh, and you're going to be really strengthened today. But uh, I've oftentimes, you know, come through seasons, and sometimes the season is, is a day, sometimes it's a week or a month or even a year, but I've been through seasons in my life to where, and, and they weren't seasons that God brought me into, but they were seasons that Kent brought Kent into. And there were seasons of hopelessness to where I was... Um, enamored by the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, natural circumstances around me. And I, and I, at times, have thought, I don't think this is ever going to change. I don't think the situation is ever going to look any better. I don't think I'm ever going to have breakthrough. And, you know, I think intellectually, we know better than that because of who our God is. But sometimes at the level of our heart, we have become so broken and so, um, so I'll just use the word enamored, by circumstances that we have a hard time climbing out of that pit. And so God wants us to have a, the ability, have the tool in our tool belt to be able to pull ourselves from being hopeless to being people that are full of hope. And what I have discovered is that having hope, being in hope, uh, it's way more important than what we realize, but it's not just a shift of focus. It is that, but it's a shift of focus through the ability of the Holy Spirit. And so operating in hope, when you have circumstances that are beyond your ability to believe, beyond where they're, they're at and where you are at, it takes a supernatural move of God in your heart to be able to believe beyond where you're currently at in your current circumstances. This is part of the reason that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's to help us go from where we are to where God wants us to be. And that's, just, that's not just in our circumstances, and it's not foremost in our circumstances. It's foremost in here. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the way that we see ourselves, the way that we think in our heart is gonna be the way that we believe, and the way that we believe will be the way that we walk out in our life. It will be what we walk out in our life. And so we have to come to this place to where we have, have hope. And hope basically is this. It's you could say it a couple different ways. It's using your imagination in a, in a positive way, but it's having expectation, and it's expecting that God is going to come through. And you know, a lot of times we find ourselves putting hope in, in natural circumstances. And the way that you can tell whether this is true or not, and it's like, it's like if, if you get the check in the mail or in your bank account, you get all excited. Uh, if you don't get it, you get all depressed. Well, where is your hope at? Your hope is in the money. It's not in the God that can supply the money. And so when I talk about hope, I'm talking about coming back to this place to where we, we have an expectation that God is on our side, he's for us, and he's going to deliver us and bring us into the greater. He's going to bring us into the vision that he's placed on our heart. He's going to bring us into the more. And, you know, sometimes we get, and if you don't have vision, you're going to perish because the word says, my people perish for a lack of vision. And so if you don't have vision, you're going to perish. But if you do have vision, oftentimes you can find that that vision doesn't come to pass in time like you thought, or it ends up looking different than what you thought. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself in hopelessness because the thing didn't happen. But you know what? Even though I just said that, that really isn't necessarily true because the word says, and it's in, I believe it's in Psalm 
uh, 34, it says, not in Psalm 34, it's in Psalm 13. Excuse me, it's in Proverbs 13. It says, hope deferred. I knew it was one of them. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Do you know that it wasn't the thing that didn't come to pass that made your heart sick? It was the fact that your hope got deferred that made your heart sick. And you say, well, my hope got deferred because the thing didn't happen. Isn't that the same thing? No, the thing didn't happen or didn't happen in time or didn't come to pass like you thought. And your, your, your hope was de- deferred or your heart got sick because you were looking at the natural circumstances instead of looking at God. Because hope has to do with being able to see and look and have right perspective in the middle of the situation and circumstances regardless. Regardless of what's going on, what's happening. Your heart got sick because your hope got deferred. Your hope got deferred because you stopped looking at God and then you started looking at the circumstances. Am I speaking to anybody in here? I tell you what, this has become a real revelation to me. Because I've got, I have so much vision in my heart. As a matter of fact, me and Katie and, and Liz, Katie's my sister, Liz is my wife, and we, we were meeting the other day, and we we're working on some major stuff coming up this next year, some training for leaders and different things. And I said, I, and all of a sudden I said, well, here's what I'm seeing for 2024. And they're like, whoa, whoa, we ain't even in 2023 yet. So... I've got, a lot of, I've got a lot of vision in me and a lot of different areas for, for a lot of different things, but it's just, it's the heart of God that's there. But you know where I'm standing at now, where we're at now, is a product of believing God for a long time. But you know that I'd, I'm not standing in and we're not here in total completion of what I've seen on the inside. And I've, I've walked through some seasons in my life to where I, and Liz knows this better than anybody, to where I basically, it's just like, I just want to quit. I just want to give up. And when I broke down as to why, it was because I seen here what God was saying, what he wanted, but I didn't see it out here for whatever reason. And so I got to this point, and I've been at this point before in times past where it's like, I just want to quit. I just want to be done. And I realized that the only reason I wanted to quit was because my heart was sick. And the only reason my heart was sick was because I allowed my hope to be deferred. Because I was looking and having my hope in whether things worked out and not in the God who's able to make things work out. So we have to see and and really examine ourselves and see what it is that we're, we're looking at and who we're looking to as to whether we're going to really truly be in hope or not. And so how this ties in with the Holy Spirit is that I've come to find out, and I'm going to show you this, this verse here in just a moment, but hope, being in hope when the circumstances are not good, it really is beyond us. I'll just say it like that. It really is beyond us. When you, when you can see that the Lord says, I want you to do this, but everything in your circumstances are saying that it's never going to work, it's never going to measure up, it's not going to pan out, the thing is going to kill you, whatever it is. The only way to get past that on the inside is you have to have the help of the Lord. You can't just think your way out of it. I mean, that's part of it because how we look at things and how we perceive things and how we're thinking definitely is a huge part of it, but we have to have the help of the Lord. Let me show you a few verses here as we're working into this. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, 
And this is Jesus, and he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And so he's, of course, here is talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, and, and the word there for another means an exact one just like the other one. So when Jesus was saying, I'm going to pray that the Father, he'll send you the Holy Spirit, another one, he's saying, I'm praying that he's going to send you one just like me. And you can imagine being those disciples, being there with Jesus. Jesus was the most awesome person that ever came into their life. He was incredible. He was their friend. He was their teacher. He was, he was everything to them. And he was saying, you need to understand something. There's another, another just like me He's going to come in a different form, but he's just like me that he's going to come and he's going to live on the inside of you and he is going to be there to help you. John 14, you jump down about 10 verses uh, in verse 26, it says, but the helper, uh, one translation says the advocate. You know, if you were going to go into a court of law because somebody was coming against you, you know what you would want? You would want an advocate. You would want somebody on your side. The Holy Spirit's your advocate. It says, but the helper or the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I said to you. And, and here's why this is so important. Because on a very ground level, on a very basic level, there's a lot of people that don't believe that the Lord is on their side. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit is there to help them. They believe that the Holy Spirit is there to tell them how bad they're doing in life. I remember one time, uh, myself and my younger brother, we were a part of this uh, worship group. Not really, I don't know, we just signed, we kind of signed up to help these people, and it was interesting, but we found ourselves at a Christian Motorcycle Association, and, and we, he, my, brother's, my younger brother's a drummer, and I play the guitar and sing, and we, we drove down in my dad's big, uh, big work van, a cargo van, and um, took all of our equipment down there, and then we, it was at this campsite, and we slept in the back of, back of it, and it started raining, and it was a metal roof, and it was terrible. We were up all night. But anyways, when, when we got our stuff set up, I think it was that, that night or the next day or something like that, and they were talking about the guest speaker that was going to be there ministering all week, and uh, it was evangelist so-and-so, whoever it was. And out from my mouth was, well, it's going to be really powerful, but it's going to be hellfire and brimstone. Because that was my, at that time, that was my perception as to the Holy Spirit and moving and gifting like that and people being touched and what was going to take place is that people were going to come, basically come under condemnation. And I'm not saying that I fully believe that, but I've seen God work through people like that. And so there's a part of me that thought, you know, God's really out to get people. Like, I didn't really fully believe that, but there was a part of me that kind of thought that. And, you know, if you're double-minded in these kind of things and anything, really, you're unstable. And let not you think that you'll receive anything from the Lord. We, sh we, don't, we should not be double-minded on this. You need to know something, that the Holy Spirit is on your side he is a helper. He's an advocate. He is there to help you in anything that you're dealing with. That's incredibly important because how can you trust somebody to help you that you don't think is on your side? Ever had somebody in your life before that, uh, you know, they were there to help you, but they really weren't there to help you because you knew that they didn't really like you or whatever the case was? I've had a few people like that over the years. Amen. Well, you can't trust somebody like that if you think they're out to get you or they might stab you in the back or something. You have to know that the Holy Spirit is on your side. God is on your side. 
Jesus was on everybody's side except for the Pharisees, but everybody else, he was, he was, on, he was on their side. And, and it says that Jesus is an exact copy of God. And Jesus said that he's sending another, the Holy Spirit, which is basically saying it's another one identical to him. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all, they're three in one, and do you know that they're all the same in terms of how they think and believe and being on your side? And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit is to to be one that would help us. And I have found that in my hopelessness, that God has had to rescue me out of hopelessness. There have been times where I was so far down a dark road, and I know I'm speaking to some people in here when I say this, I was so far down a dark road of hopelessness that I contemplated suicide. Now, this hasn't been recent, amen, but years ago, I went to this place in my mind where I thought I'd just be better off dead than alive. Because I was so, I mean, there was a lot to it. I was inward focused and, you know, all, all these things. But I was hopeless. I didn't feel like anything was going to change, change in my life. I came to this place where I thought it would just be better for my life to end. And there's a lot of people sitting in this room right now. I guarantee it. There's probably half of you that are sitting in this room that you've been to that place. Maybe not, you, maybe you didn't stay there, but you would at least visited there in your mind. I thought my life, uh, the thinking of my life would just be better off if I just wasn't here. You know, when you get to a place like that, you know, the best thing to do is to say help. And you know, you can do that because you have the help of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to ask him for help and he will help you. He'll teach you what you need to be taught. He'll show you how to get out of that situation, how to stay out of that situation. He'll fix the problems in your mind. Anybody ever just got to the end of the day and thought, I really don't think too right? Or maybe first thing in the morning, you thought, I just don't, I don't look at things too right. Come on now, anybody ever been there before? You know what you need to do? You realize that? You need to say, Lord, I need your help to think right because my mind is destroying me. Do you know that right now we're living in a time when people's minds are destroying them? The mental, and I don't consider it all mental illness, but when you look at the, it's like the, the I don't know, the U.S. Mental Health Society. I don't remember the name of the institution, but they, somebody who's somebody, made statistics, and they showed the mental illness in the United States pre-COVID was like at, I forget, like 13% of people struggle with mental illness. But during COVID, they, they did these studies, and they showed that mental illness, I forget what it was, it was like 50 or 60% of people struggling with mental illness. It's not, some of it probably is chemical imbalances and literal, literal physical things that people need healed in their brain of. But most of it is people looking at what's going on in the world and not knowing how to process it. And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not a doom and gloom person, man. I believe in God for the best. But I am going to tell you that at the same time as the church is shining brighter and brighter, our world is getting darker and darker. I think that, and my good friend Joseph Z, he's a prophet to this nation, and he says that America has one more round in her. I hope that round is 50 years or 100 years. I really don't know what that means, but I do believe it's true. But at the same time that we're seeing God do great things, we're also seeing, and you can just read and you can read Matthew 24, you can read the in Revelation, and you can see what's going on. We're in the times. Now, how long the time is of the end, whether it's 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 50 years or 100 years, I don't really know. But the signs are there. We're at a time when things are in the world uh, are diminishing. So... What are we going to do with that? 
How are you going to approach that? What if the stock market totally collapses and crashes? You remember what happened in 19, what was it, 23 or whatever it was, not 23. I don't, yeah, it was 23. Remember what happened? Most, I don't think most of you were alive then. I wasn't alive then, but, you know, uh, is it 23? Is that 29? I don't want to keep saying 23, but, yeah, 1929. Uh, yeah, the Great Depression happened, and then we had, you know, different things, up and downs that happened throughout the years, and in 2008 is when the Great Recession happened. And if you look at what's happening in our country we are so unbelievably far in debt. And I don't even know what that even means, really. But I just know that it's true. It's unbelievable when you sit and look at even in the last, like, 15 years. You know, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, probably, we were like, our country was in, I don't know, like, $10 trillion in debt or something like that, too much. And now we're like, I don't know, 40 or $50 trillion in debt. Again, I don't even totally know what that means. I just know that debt's not a good thing. And when a country keeps going down, to, down that road, they end up becoming a slave to some other nation. It is not good what's going on. But you know what? We have hope. You know why? Because of the God that we serve. We are in this world, but we are not of it. And I could go, I could spend the next uh, 10 or 15 or 20 minutes telling you about all the rotten things that are happening in this world and get you really good and depressed. So I'm not going to do that, but understand that there's some stuff that's happening in this world, and there's more stuff that is going to happen in this world. It is going to happen. I kind of wonder if there won't be other, some, some other kind of pandemic or something. I mean, pandemic. I'm not really sure what's going to take place. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in our world. What are you going to do when it happens? How are you going to, how are you going to manage the fear and the thoughts and the emotions and the things that come your way? Let me tell you how you need to do it. You need to lean on the Lord. You need to trust in him. And you need to develop this relationship with the Lord that when this happens, this is your response. And actually, let me say it like this. When whatever it is that's happening, this is your response. God, I'm looking to you. Now, I'm not going to look at how this is going to affect me. I'm not going to lay awake at night wondering about how I'm going to pay my bills or what's going to happen to my children or what's going to happen to my house or how am I going to pay for food. Whatever the situation is, you can't look at that. You have to look at God because if you look at the circumstances, you're going to be depressed all day long. But you know what? We are in, we're not of the world, but we are in the world. So we do have to deal with these things that come at us. How are you going to deal with it? You know, David said it like this. He said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. And I think David had this incredible relationship with the Lord to where what he would do, and that guy faced more challenges than some of it his own stupidity, and then some of it was just that he was always at war, and he faced more challenges than probably any, anybody in this room will ever know, and yet he wrote some of the most awe-inspiring words of someone who had a relationship with the Lord, because he developed this, uh, this uh, uh, ability, a habit, I'll say more than an ability, it was a habit, a discipline that when he was faced with something, that he went into the presence of God and he laid himself out before the Lord and said, God, what am I supposed to do about this? What is it that you need me to do? God, I'm looking, I'm looking to you. Kind of like whenever the, uh, uh, whoever it was, the Amalekites attacked uh, Ziklag, I think is how you say it, and you know, David and the men were gone and they came back and they, the Amalekites had stolen everything and they burned everything with, with fire. Nobody was killed, but they kidnapped basically all the women and the children. You know, all, all this stuff happened. And when they got back, the, the remaining people that were there or the men or whoever, all the people, they talked about stoning David. Here you have David, a man after God's own heart. You can imagine what kind of a shepherd and a king he was to his people. He was a great king. 
And his heart was broken for what was going on. And instead of the people saying, hey, we're here to support you. We don't blame you. We know this wasn't your fault. And we're going to help you any way that we can. They talked about killing him. That's terrible. Anytime I make a mistake, don't talk about killing me. Amen. Just pray for me. <laughs> so, and you guys do a great job. But uh, so how David responded was incredible. It said that he went and uh, acquired the ephod. And he put the ephod on, which I've, I've heard different ideas about what the ephod was, but it was some type of garment, and it was a garment that they would put on, the priests would put on, and apparently the kings would borrow from on occasion, and they would go into the presence of God, and it was a mindset that they put on that I'm going in to get the answer that I need to bring me through this situation. And you know, that story goes on, and David recovered everything. God restored everything back to him, uh, both of his wives and all of his children and all that stuff. So, you know, you have to be able to respond to it correctly. And the way that we respond correctly oftentimes is simply just help. Help God. I need your help. But, you know, Liz has got this incredible revelation in the last year that she's really uh, helped a lot of people be able to see it. It's the difference between reacting and responding. You know, we trained ourselves to react to situations most of the time and not respond. And when we have something that, that comes at us, if we fall apart at the seams like a $2 suitcase, then we are reacting to the situation. We need to be able to respond to it in faith, in hope, so that we can, we can see what God has promised and what he says about us, get us through to the other side. Can I get an Amen. We need to just learn how to respond. But look at this verse, and this is the verse I really want to hit here. And this is Romans chapter 15, in verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that word power there is the word dunamis. So when you see the like miracle working power, that kind of stuff, in the word, it's the word dunamis. And it's talking about here that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the miracle working, now hear me, hear me on this, through the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit, that we would abound in hope. When you're looking at a situation, you need the miracle working power of God in your life, in your heart, to cause you to abound in hope. And I'm going to get into this in just a second here. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but faith won't work without hope. You have to have hope in order for faith to work. It's incredibly important. As a matter of fact, hope is so important that in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, now abide uh, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. You know, we put a huge emphasis on love, and we should because it says in the word, the greatest of these things is love. There's only three things that are going to abide, and one of them is greater than the other two, and that's love. We should put a huge emphasis on the love of God, and we do, and it's a good thing. You know, I think most of the time we put more of an emphasis on faith than we do hope, because we've got a lot of great uh, verses on faith. There's a lot of great teaching on faith, but hope is really what caught, and I said I wasn't going to go there, and now here I am going there, because I'm getting ahead of myself, because i got something else i got to say about Romans chapter 15, but Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of faith is hope. When you say, well, isn't it the same? We just believe it all together and just, we're just believe it. No, there's a difference between faith and hope. And if we don't know the difference, we can say we're in faith. We can be doing the actions of faith, but be totally dead on the inside and then wonder why we're not seeing the results that we're supposed to see. 
We can't leave hope out. And if you're looking at this, these three abide, faith, hope, and love. If love is the greatest and it's, and it's listed last, hope is what's next to it. By reason of logic, I would say that hope is second and third is faith in terms of importance. But yet we've put this huge emphasis on faith. And again, I'm not against faith. I teach faith. I believe faith. But I believe that our God is a God of faith. But it can't work independent of hope. We have to have hope uh, there and available and working in order for faith to work properly. And now going back to this in Romans 15, it says, Now may the God of hope, now may the God of hope. And as I was just studying this and reading this, I felt like the Lord said, you know, there are people that have got different things speaking to them. And depending on whether they're in hope or in hopelessness would be the difference on whether the, the God is speaking to them. And they're listening to the God or they're listening to the God of this world. Because the God of this world, which is, for anybody that's confused, Paul talks about the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the, the unbelieving to the light of the glorious gospel. It's talking about Satan. It's talking about the enemy. He's the God of this world system. And if you find yourself in hopelessness, which I would say would be a negative, tormenting, fearful, speculation. Anybody ever been there before to where you're looking and you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay this bill? How's the situation going to work out? What's going to happen when I talk to this person? And the list could go on and on and on and on and on. And you find yourself being captivated by the situation. You're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're being empowered by some other spirit. The way that we think determines what we give power to. If you think negative, you think uh, uh, harmful, speculative, fearful thoughts, you're going to give power to the devil. Thank you for those four amens. That's where the battleground takes place. It's in, it's in the realm of our thinking. It's how, it's how we think. But if you take your thoughts and you align them with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to minister life to you, that's where hope comes from. That's when you're, that's when you're listening to the Lord, and that's where you're going to have the, 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 even before the desired result, that's where you're going get, to get control over what's going on here. People that are struggling with anxiety, there's a lot of people struggling with, with anxiety right now. It is a huge, it, 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 it is, if you want to talk about a pandemic, anxiety is a pandemic. People are having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, all this fear and worry and depression, and they're physical things that are happening. And you and help me, Jesus. I, I love people in the medical field. I, I I thank God for them. But most of the time, they put some kind of symptom, or they put some kind of not necessarily symptom, but a uh, they title it or label it as it's this problem when all it really is is the person hasn't learned how to trust the Lord. They've not been drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit to help them pass their situation. And again, when you have circumstances that are bigger than you, I don't know, I don't know about you all, but I've been faced with circumstances that are way bigger than me. And the, I know we all have in the past couple of years, like, how are we going to do this thing? And you know, that's actually a good place to be because then you can go, Lord, I can't do this. I'm re I really need your help. It's good to be at a place to where you, you're not self-sufficient and self-sustaining, but God is the one that's sustaining you. I'm not saying you should live from a, a, an empty barrel and struggling all the time, but it is the good, good to be at a place to where you need God's help. And you know, when you're faced with something, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to deal with this when you're faced with something that's beyond you? 
If you're not tuned in and listening to the Lord and getting the help of the Holy Spirit, the help of the Helper, you potentially could end up having fear, worry, pain, depression, anxiety, oppression. You open yourself up to demonic spirits. That's how all that stuff works, by the way. That's the realm that you're going to enter into. That's the road you're going to go down if you don't allow the Lord to help you with this. And I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here when I say that we want the help of the Holy Ghost. And we want God's help. So we have, to, we have to come to this place to where we draw a line in the sand and we just say, I'm not going to go down that road anymore. Break bad habits, break bad thought patterns, break bad uh, reactions and start responding correctly. Do you know what's interesting too is that, you know, and Jesus said this, he said, you can worry, but it doesn't add one stature to your, one cubit to your stature. Yeah whatever the heck a cubit is. But anyways, it doesn't add any inches to the, the height of yourself, whatever. Sorry, won't work. And uh, <laughs> it's, oh, stop it. It's fine. Stop it. It's fine. She loves me. <laughs> we'll see once the service is over, you know. But did worrying ever do anything for anybody anyways? Like if you just sit back and you just get a little, just a little bit logical about it and go, okay, I've been worrying about this situation and it hasn't changed it. And now I've got stomach problems. Now my head's hurting. I can't sleep well. I'm dealing with depression. You know, I've, I've been angry and upset with people around me. And the list could go on and on and on of all of the problems that you're having. And the situation still hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is you've become more worrisome and you're not trusting God like you need to. So what do you need to do? You need to get the help of the Lord. You need to get the help of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot I could say about that that I don't have time to get into today, but I will mention briefly. <laughs> Every time I say I'm not going to say it, I end up saying it anyways, but I will mention briefly that, you know, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to pray in tongues. You know, when you pray in tongues, see, pe there's a reason why the devil has fought praying in tongues. I could give you about three hot-button topics that have made people mad at me over the years, or be like, I just don't get that, I'm out of here, whatever. And one of them is praying in tongues. And you want to know why? Because when you pray in tongues, you force your mind to become deactivated and to shut up and to shut down, because sometimes the devil's screaming so loud, and if you hadn't figured out how to how to take the word and apply it. And even sometimes when you do know how to take the word and apply it, you have to come to a place to where you shut your mind down, you shut off the voice of the enemy. And when you pray in tongues, you force yourself to not try to fix it here anymore. We do a lot of trying to fix it here that does no good. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't help at all. And so, you know, people, like when it comes to praying in tongues, they're really freaked out about it. I could tell you now, there is going to come a time when I really believe this, that things that are going on in the world, people are going to start asking and being more willing to be willing to hear things concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of praying in tongues. Because if we don't have this in our life, then what are, what are you fighting with? You can, yes, you can fight with the word. You take the word. You fight in prayer. But sometimes the onslaught from the enemy can be so heavy that your only hope at that moment is to completely relinquish all of your thinking and say, Lord, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, because the Word says in 1 Corinthians 14 that when you pray in tongues, that you edify and you build up yourself. Let me ask you a question. 
Is there anybody in here that is at a point to where they don't need to be edified or built up anymore? I didn't think so. We all need it. You say, well, I've got, I've got other ways. This is, this is one of the best ways. Because it, it totally takes you out of the driver's seat. It puts the Holy Ghost in the driver's seat, and you watch how he does something supernatural in you, even if your circumstances don't change. You can be in the midst of the most rotten thing. I tell you what, when I got fired, <laughs> that's one of the worst feelings in the world. You pour your heart into a place and the people for six years, and the devil comes in and fires you because of your own stupidity because you didn't have your board set up right, and you put people on there that shouldn't have been on there, blah, 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 blah. And you know how I got, you know how I passed through that, how I got through that in that moment? I mean, it was, it was so far beyond me. Every, everything we had worked for, we took, we uprooted our entire lives to move here and to do what God told us to do. And, and just like that, it was all ripped out from underneath of us. All the vision, all the plans, all the stuff that God had for us that we knew was of the Lord that we were moving forward in. And we didn't know a lot of what we were doing, but we were doing our best. Instantly, it was all ripped out. And you know what I did? I started praying in tongues. And I called, I called Liz. And actually, I called Ron first because he knew the, the, anyways, he knew the meeting was happening. I was going to say something I shouldn't say, but anyways, he knew the meeting was happening. And I said, man, they fired me. He goes, what? I said, yes, they fired me. <laughs> he goes, well, we'll start over. I said, Okay. So I was just praying in the spirit in between the phone calls, and I called Liz, and I said, they, I said, they fired me. She goes, no, they didn't. I said, yeah, they, they, they did. They did. And so we had to clean my office out and stuff like that, and we had to total role reversal. I was like, praise God, this is going to be awesome. God's going to come through. And for the first time ever, she was ticked off. But you know, the only, because I'm, I'm pretty fiery, I can get pretty mad or whatever, and, uh, but I wasn't, because I knew that wasn't the answer, but I also knew that I couldn't do anything about it, and I had to get control of ear. You know what I did? I prayed in tongues. I prayed in the Spirit, and just, it didn't change the situation instantly, but it changed me, and you know what, on top of that, the more I did that, because the Bible says in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, keeping yourselves in the love of God... Praying in the Holy Spirit, I think I've mixed the, the orders different, but basically when you pray in the Holy Spirit, which is praying in tongues, when you do that, you keep yourself in the love of God. Built up on your most holy faith, and you keep yourself in the love of God. You ever had somebody that, that just really did you wrong, and you had to figure out how to forgive them? You need to keep yourself in the love of God, because when you're in the love of God, you're not going to have any trouble. It's not a problem. And I've been able to forgive. I don't have one person in this life that I have anything against. I could say, if Jesus was standing right here, I could say, and he is here, but if he was here in person, I could stand right before him and say, I don't have anybody that I have anything against. I have a few people that I'd rather not be around too much, but I don't have anything against them. And I've, I've made enemies. When, you're, when you do things for God, you're gonna make enemies. It's the nature of it. It's how it goes. But you can't allow their stuff to come in and affect you. How do you get past that? How do you work past that? Is, you know, if you're a mercy-driven person, it's, it's easy. Like she, I mean, she's mercy, I'm justice. All right, you can call us mercy and justice if you want. And it doesn't matter the situation. She's like, oh, well, they're just doing, oh, well, they're just, they're hurting. Oh, they're, and I'm like, they're being knuckleheads and they need smacked in the face. You know, 
Like, I don't always say that, but on the inside, sometimes I'm thinking that. How many of y'all know that smacking people in the face usually is not the best option for getting things resolved? So what I got to do is I got to go before the Lord and say, Lord, you got to help me fix this. And the way that you do that is that you shut down your mind, and one of the primary ways of doing that is that you pray in tongues. You pray in the Spirit. Is when you, again, when you do that, the, the Word says that it, you know, it bypasses your mind. It says your spirit prays, but your understanding is unfruitful. So then one would say, well, why would we need to pray in tongues then? Well, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. So obviously there was something to it that was beneficial to him. And I think the reason that he did it is because he was always being beat, left for dead, shipwrecked, left in hunger, left in fastings, not because he was choosing to fast. He was shipwrecked. He was without water. He was in perils of water, which meant that he was in places that were getting flooded, and he was getting flooded out. I heard a Bible scholar say, so Bible scholars say that. So he had all of the stuff that was happening to him. Well, if you do that, you have stuff that come at you like that, it will force you to, to begin to resolve to, God, what do I need to do to deal with this? You called me as, for Paul, you called me as an apostle, you called me to reach people, you called me to lead people to Jesus, your son, you appeared before me, but I have all this stuff happening to me. How am I going to deal with this? And the Lord says, here's this precious gift of praying in tongues, and when you pray in tongues, your mind is unfruitful. You know what, when you're, de- you're dealing with something that's bigger than you, the thing that you need more than anything at that time is for your mind to be unfruitful. Because if you try to deal with it through just positive thinking or good thinking or good thoughts or good vibes, it's not going to cut it. You need Holy Ghost raw power working in you to cause you to rise up and go, this thing will not have me. And going into 2023, you need to be able to have this robustness, if that's even a word. If it wasn't, it is now. Put it in the dictionary. You need to have this robustness that says 2023 is not going to have me. In Jesus' name, I am going to have it. And there's circumstances, I guarantee you, that are going to happen, that are going to come at you, that you are not going to be able to control. Some things you can change. Through prayer, some things you can command. Jesus said, you speak to this mountain and it'll be removed. There's things that we have authority over, but there's some things that we don't have authority over. But you know, as far as circumstances, but you know what we always have authority over? This right here. If we choose and we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we can have authority over this. Somebody say dunamis. I need the dunamis, which is the miracle working power of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So let me give you a couple of other verses here that I think are really, really important as I'm, I'm closing. This, is, this verse we know very well. This is Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody getting blessed in here today? You're getting something out of this good. Jeremiah 29, 11. We know this, and I almost didn't want to mention this because it's kind of one of those verses like John 3, 16. And people are like, yeah, God's the love of the world. But listen to this. I want to show you something. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Well, that should tell you about the heart of God right there to give you a future and a hope. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but oftentimes we'll just, we'll just quote something and we're like, we know it's good and it's, it's good, but we don't really separate out what those things are talking about. But he's saying here to give you a future and a hope, and future is vision. We need, we need vision. But you know, you can have a vision without any expectation that that vision is going to happen in your life. 
You can see, like, this is where I'm going. This is where God's taking me. This is the word that he's spoken to me. But on the inside, you're thinking, I don't think that'll ever happen. And the reason I know that that's possible is because I've, I've been there before. I'm speaking from experience. But what you want is a future and a hope. A future is the vision where you're going, but a hope is an expectation through positive imagination, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that, you're going, that you believe that that thing is actually going to come to pass. Amen. So listen to this. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 18, and this is speaking about Abraham. It's one of my most favorite passages in the whole Bible. It's awesome. And it says, in verse 18, it says, and I'm jumping right in the middle of it, it says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So in other words, when all hope seemed lost, in fact, some translations say, when all hope seemed lost, that in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, this is incredibly important. So what happened was that the Lord spoke to him and he said, that as many as the stars of the, as the sky, so shall your descendants be. And as a matter of fact, if you look at Genesis 15, 5, it says, then he brought him, talking about God, brought Abraham outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your descendants be. And then in Romans, it's telling us that Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, he believed, and so he became the father of many nations, according to the word, so shall your descendants be. In hope, contrary to hope. When all hope seemed lost, he continued to hope. What is hope? It's using your, your imagination in a positive way to get a picture on the inside of what God is saying to you. Because you can see something before you see it. I do this all, all the time when I'll do, and I don't always hit it perfect, but when I do, I'll do altar calls depending on how the Lord wants me to, to do that, to handle that for that service or whatever. Sometimes he'll show me. I won't always get a number, but I'll see a line of people that go from there to there or from here to there. Literally, I'll see this. The Lord will show me this, and I'll stay there, and I'll wait until I see that line filled up. Sometimes he'll give me a number. He'll say, three people need to come up. Five people need to come up. And that's why you hear me go, I know that there's two more people. Because the Lord showed it to me on the inside. He sh God will show you things. And when he gives you a picture of something, and you dwell on that picture, that's hope. And so what he did with Abraham was we, he, he gave him something to look at to instill hope in him. And so he, just imagine this, you know, Abraham's old and he's like, you're going to have, a, you're gonna have a, a kid and your wife who is unable to have a kid and you both are past childbearing years, you're going to have a child through Sarah. And isn't it so good that even when we screw it up, that God, when we mess it up, some people don't like that word anyways, whatever, when we mess it up, that, uh, that the Lord can fix it anyways. I mean, look at Abraham, he got a promise from God and he said, well, it's not working this, the way that God said it was going to, so we're going to bring Ishmael in. I mean, uh, Hagar in and produce an Ishmael. I'm sure he was really upset about that anyways. But, you know, so, <laughs> but God's grace covered it anyways. You all know how children are born, right? So anyways, so, but the Lord spoke to him and he said, he said, Abraham, he said, I want to take you outside. And so they went outside and he said, now look up into the sky. And you can imagine back then they didn't have street lights and, you know, all of the things that we have that block our, the view. But if you've ever been to that place where you got a really, you have no lights in a really dark sky in a clear night, you, you couldn't count the number of stars. Even people with all the telescopes and stuff, they can't count the number of stars. It's impossible. He said, 
The number of stars that you can count, so shall your descendants be. You know what he was saying? He was saying, he was saying, Abraham, the number of spiritual descendants you're going to have is limited to what you put on it. You know how we're limited in what we see in our life? The limitations we put on it. What are you picturing on the inside? So what he did is he showed him this physical thing. And he says, and he was camping, right? So he was out under the stars a lot. I'm sure he slept in a tent, but you can imagine he was out under the stars. Every time he looked up, he could remember the voice of the Lord that said, as many as the stars in the sky, so shall my descendants be. What is that? It's hope. It's a picture. It's a reality on the inside. It's a It's a a parable on the inside that brings a reality on the outside. Faith without works is dead. You know what faith is? Faith is, is looking at a situation and speaking and confessing what God says to be true. But do you know that if you haven't seen it on the inside, you can speak and confess all you want to. But if it's not true here, you've only got one part of faith really working. You've got the actions of faith without the spirit of faith, which is hope. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. If I brought you over to, to my house and I said, we're going we're gonna to eat, eat seafood, which, anyways, we're going to eat seafood. And, you know, I put a big flounder on your plate or something. I don't know. I don't eat seafood probably a terrible analogy for me to use, but (laughs) then you would say that that was of the sea. If I put a bluegill on your plate, whatever, anyways, whatever, I know, sounds delicious, doesn't it? (laughs) You would say that's of a lake or a pond or something like that. Faith is the substance of hope. You can't have substance on your spiritual plate without having hope first. You have to have something to draw it from. So if you're wondering why you're speaking and confessing and believing and marching and jumping and rolling and jumping and doing all the things that you would do and you're not seeing it, some things there's timing involved. But in general, if you're not seeing it on the inside, you're not going to see it on the outside. We totally have skipped over this whole thing of hope. And we're like, God, why isn't it happening? And on the inside, we are reeling. We are full of fear. We are full of speculation. We are full of anguish. We are depressed. We're dealing with all kinds of of inner thoughts and emotions that that's what we're dwelling on. And so that's the thing that's manifesting in our life. It says here in Lamentations, this is back where the pages are stuck together in our Bible. It says, this... this, uh, there's your joke for the day. This I recall to my mind. Listen now. We can pull it up here. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. You take what God said. You take what God did. You take the testimony of the Lord. You take the word of God. You take what, whatever he's spoken to you. And when you recall it to your mind, that's what causes you to have hope. And that's what gives substance to faith. We can't do anything in this world without faith. We can't accomplish anything in this world without faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But if you don't have hope, your faith is void. Your faith doesn't have anything to grab into, to latch onto, to, to bite into. So hope is incredibly, incredibly important. And I believe that we're living in a time 
And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna finish with this. I'm gonna be done. But we're living in a time to where I don't think it's just that people aren't trusting the Lord. That's true. But people don't, they've lost hope. They've lost expectation that God's going to do something great. I talk to people all the time, not you guys, but you know, I talk to you guys all the time too, but other people even outside of here that'll talk about the Lord doing something great in our day, that we're, we're on the precipice or really at the beginning, I believe, of a, of a third great awakening in this nation and about God doing incredible things in our day. And it's almost like they can't even compute what I'm saying because they've, they've like lost the ability to grab hold of something that's beyond where they currently are at. We're called by God. We're supposed to believe for things that are beyond where we're at. That's part, of our, that's part of our spiritual DNA. God made the world. You know where God first created the world? Here. He created it here first. He thought about it. He believed for it. And then he spoke it. His believing wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh me, help me. You know, God was praying to himself. That's what it would sound like. Oh me, help me. I'm trying to get past my unbelief. He didn't have any unbelief to work through. He's God, right? But he, he first conceived it in here. And because he conceived it, and then through faith he spoke it, the worlds came into existence. And it says that we are made in his likeness and in his image. You should create, and don't take this to a place that it wasn't meant to go to, but you should create the world, your world, with your words based on what God has birthed on the inside of you. If you don't like the way your life is going, change change it, but don't change it through, uh, what's the word? It's like just trying to change your actions. Uh, come on, there's a phrase for it. Self-effort kind of thing. I've got the lack of word, but don't just try to change it through yourself is what I'm trying to say. Change it with the help of God. Allow God to put something on the inside of you. He said, I have given you a future vision and I've given you hope. We have the ability of the Lord to have vision and to have an expectation of that vision coming to pass in our life. But we have to develop this going into this year like, like none other. I, I, I think this, this year we might have more stuff hit the fan than we've ever had hit the fan, which is pretty unbelievable. It felt like, felt like things were pretty smooth sailing until about 2020, March in 2020, and it was like the wheels came off the bus and it started sinking into the sea. And somehow God sent a raft under it, and we're all like floating in the sea going, what in the heck is next? Possibly a hurricane. I'm really not sure. <laughs> but I do know this, that God is our God. He's bigger. He's greater. He's more powerful than anything. And let the hope of God rest on your heart as you take what he said and you bring it to remembrance. You think about it, you ponder on it, you meditate on it, and you give faith something to have substance. You give substance to your faith. Instead of just saying, I should be believing this, you're actually believing it. Instead of doubt and unbelief and fear and anxiety and depression swallowing you up, it's been swallowed up now by faith. It's been swallowed up by hope. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.